When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. Big, big significant times for football with uh, Oldham thrashing about at the bottom of the National League like a fish on the bank, Coventry being evicted again, Scottish football discussing a ban on heading the day before matches and a uh, battle lines being redrawn at the Bet365 with England playing Wales again in the shape of Stoke v Cardiff on Saturday. Who, the World Cup may as well not exist, Chris. Oh, yeah, well, the Championship's starting up again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to feel sorry for Coventry City, don't you? I mean, as yeah. no soon as Mike Ashley come in and buy their stadium, seemingly ending the uncertainty of where they're going to play after their previous landlords went to admin, then Ashley, a popular fella, wherever he goes, yeah. sends them an eviction order. That whole place will be a sports direct depot before you know it. It will, it will. I mean, that fits the City of Culture 2016, or whatever it was. <laughs> well, no, it's nice in the Midlands, isn't it? Because apparently Jude Bellingham has put Stourbridge on the map, I was reading. He? <laughs> How have they managed until now? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Is it on SatNav? That's the important thing. Has he put yes. Stourbridge on Google Maps? He's 19, he must have thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. he succeeded where Robert Plant and Ned's Atomic Dustbin were unable to. And so finally visitors will be able to find the International Festival of Glass at the Ruskin Mill Glass Centre. So that's So nice. Robert Plant's from Stourbridge, he? Is went he? to school there, apparently. Oh, yeah. right, because he's always giving it big about wolves, isn't he? Robert yeah, but Plant? he went to school at the uh, Sixth Form College or something in Stourbridge, I think. But anyway, okay, there you enough, go. There you go. I mean, all these facts will become clearer now that Jude Bellingham has put the place on the map. Exactly so. I think. Did you see that uh, Wayne Rooney was interviewed by Toffee TV, which I presume is an offshoot of WonkaVision? <laughs> he, was, he was asked what it was like to idolise Everton's players and then the next minute be playing with them. And he said, it's mad how quick it changed. For me to go in with Duncan, Ferguson presumably, and Stubbsy, Alan, presumably, all of them who I have grew up watching, to then go and train with them every day and play with them. And then so quickly I remember thinking, these are crap. <laughs> I couldn't believe how bad... words. I know, yeah. I couldn't believe how bad some of them were. And that's not disrespecting to them players. Which makes me wonder what he would say if he wanted to be disrespecting yeah. to them players. It's amazing yeah. how for footballers, saying that what you've said is not meant to be disrespecting, is somehow supposed to completely take the curse off. Because so much of what players get exercised about his respect. I mean, look at Ronaldo. I mean, I'm sorry, but his whole thing was about being disrespected by Eric Ten Hag and how he didn't respect him back. No disrespect, mate, but, you know, your wife's ugly and you stink of something. Anyway, presumably Rooney would be surprised to find that one of them players, David Unsworth, is now managing a top club like Oldham in 23rd place in the Vanarame. The Vanarama League. 
And so, oh, no, no, on, on the back of how many defeats on the trot? <laughs> Certainly uh, two this week. Two this week, yes. I know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I, I think uh, Unsworth has one win in fourteen. I think, which since okay. he took over. Okay. But, nah. but anyway, it'll take our minds off the ghastly prospect of penalty shootouts for a couple of minutes to turn our attention to the very bottom of the Vanarama National League, otherwise known as the fifth tier of the pyramid, where my team, Oldham Athletic, have lurked for the last few dispiriting weeks. Oldham hadn't had a, hadn't even had a game for a couple of weeks, but this week there were two, starting with a trip to Solihull Moors, who were in the playoff final last year. We had Alex Reid making his debut up front for us, and he seemed to be getting an awful lot of stick, not just from the home fans, but also from their defenders, who seemed to take every opportunity for a bit of niggle, kicks on the ankle, perhaps because he'd been playing for them just a little while ago, and they felt abandoned. It's harsh, though, to call him a rat when you consider that he's actually jumped on board a sinking ship. Most unrat-like <laughs> behaviour. But anyway, with it being a 12.30 kickoff, I plan to get some lunch in the ground. And there was a refreshment cabin called, rather cutely, uh, the Peaky Blinders Social Centre. So-called because the length of an episode of Peaky Blinders is how long it takes to get a pie. It's a hell of a bloody queue there. And you had to go in. Uh, uh, you had to go so, indoors. Sorry, sorry, could there not be any number of possible Moore's puns that they could have called any, their food out? Any, you know, any fucking You want number. some Moore's, etc. this sort of thing. But no, yeah. they've gone for yeah. Peaky Blinders. Moorish. Moorish, there you exactly go. So. There you go. Exactly so. I mean, like, there's a great tradition, of course, of football clubs theming their refreshment cabins after popular local drama series. Who hasn't gone to St James's Park and enjoyed a fishy on a little dishy or had an <laughs> Inspector Morse burger at the Kassam Stadium? But anyway, there was a, yeah, the, it was off-putting. He's had to go into this uh, when dark the unit. Comes in, sorry. Yeah. Yes, when the boot. I was boot. trying to get a when the boat comes in there. Thanks well, it's, it was always a boot, wasn't it? When, when, when the when the cork fluid comes in. <laughs> Any old way. The cola fluid comes in. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, but no, you had to go into a darkened unit, which is like a, like an, a, a container, you know, like, like the accommodation in Qatar. Uh, but, and you couldn't see the pitch, and, you were, and the queue was taking uh, 45 minutes. So I, no lunch for me. Anyway, our centre-back pairing, Peter Clark and Liam Hogan, have a combined 73 years of age. And at the start of the second half, they were starting to look like they had 73 years each. Either that or they were still pining for the nice cup of tea in the nice warm changing room and maybe a tartan rug on their legs. Four minutes into the second half, we'd seen three kickoffs and we were 2 0 down. Oldham fans started cranking out the old Here's to You Johnny Sheridan song. And in fairness, when we've got to Christmas in this kind of mess in the past, the call has gone out for yet another Shezerection. It will be a bit tricky this time, though, considering that at least some of the problem is his fault, because we only just sacked him, or yeah. I think mutually consented him into retirement. Um, well, it's one, of, it's one of the reasons that people know that John Sheridan isn't actually Santa Claus, isn't it? <laughs> is that he's always wa- working for Oldham at Christmas. He could do the presents and then he'd come and do the Chesurrection in January in the transfer window traditionally but still anyway I wonder whether he has another Chesurrection in him I think there may be a bit of Chesurrectile dysfunction to consider but still (laughs) a 2-0 deficit given our recent goal scoring record uh, of nils uh, was a considerable mountain to climb and sure enough we climbed it like Brian Blessed that time he tried to climb Everest in a corduroy jacket and a Sherlock Holmes hat and we ultimately had to concede defeat and Tuesday night there was another new ground trip this time to Boreham Wood the 148th ground I've seen Oldham play on and yes 
I have a list. Um, it's right next door to Elstree Studios. Do you know that? So lots of opportunity to oh name my. their refreshment outlet after a film or a television show. You'd yeah. think they did Star Wars there, the Indiana Jones films, the Avengers, the Prisoner, yeah. and currently Strictly. It was thrilling to think, actually, as we were walking to the ground, that we were so close to the very ceiling that Tony Adams was lowered down from astride a golden cannon in his tiny little shorts. <sighs> But I, and I'd like to be able to report that their food and drink place was called These Are Not The Pies You Are Looking For, but sadly not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they could have christened it after another famous TV show recorded at Elstree, Street, Pointless. Be a great put-down for the away fans to have their, their pie stand called Pointless, I think. And it is, of yes. course, how Oldham ended the evening after Borehamwood's 94th minute winner. And what I was hearing in the crowd around me, both at Solihull and at Borehamwood, was this. Is this it? Is this the lowest point? Now we're 23rd of 24, with only Scunthorpe below us, as was the case for nearly all of last season, and they next play before we do. So we could be bottom by Saturday night, when something else is happening, isn't it? Anyway. Chris, Chris can I just ask you? So, from, uh, from the National League, do you go into the... National Northern League after that. National League right. North, uh, yes, we would, yeah. yes. And then the, yeah. there's a National League yeah. South as well. So the pyramids yeah. start spreading wider. There's two divisions below that. And then th I think each of those has three feeder divisions into so, two or so three So what happens if, if how many people, how, how, four go down, do they? Four go down, yeah. yeah. And what happens if all four are from the North? Well, they rearrange. They rearrange some of the... Oh, some they, of the so on, on geographical lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could be... And I'm just trying to get... I'm genuinely interested. You could be in the National League North, yeah. finish mid-table, yeah. and still end up in a different division the next year because of geography. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, I think Ooh, so. That's um, quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not for you, but... Not no. for us. No, I mean, I was surprised, generally. for instance, that uh, Banbury, which is near Oxford, is in the north, in right. the north section. So there must be... Uh, a preponderance of uh, southern teams came down or some such thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway. There you go. The, the other chilly conversations I heard at Borehamwood, there were several, actually, along the lines of people musing, which would you rather, uh, Oldham stay up or England win the World Cup? You know, yeah. and in that rather sort of sad little tone of voice. And, yeah. of course, the answer is obvious. On we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neither of those things are going to happen. That's it. That's it. That's the answer. Well, look, you've mentioned Jude Bellingham. We're going to have to talk about the World Cup because, you know, yes. it is actually happening. And Jude Bellingham, I've got, I've got a, a number of... A number, it's because England will be, well, the best part of a, of a week between games, won't they? Yeah, so clearly yeah, yeah. there's a certain amount of hokum coming out of the, of the England camp. But the Jude Bellingham... There was a story about Jude Bellingham, who is now officially, of course, um, the greatest player England has ever produced, and, uh, and, and much talk of, the, of his shirt being retired at Birmingham, which pleased me. Oh, God, um, yes. When he left, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, but, was, but, well, by his standards, yeah. It was like a couple yeah, of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, by his standards, that is a long time ago, yeah. as you say. Um, there was an article in The Economist, uh, or, or possibly the Financial Times, i.e. something I won't have read. Um, <laughs> and uh, they were claiming that Bellingham had chosen his number, 22. Yeah. Did you read this? No. Do you know Do you know why he's chosen 22? No. OK. He wants to be the complete midfielder. OK. Can you work it out now? Uh, he wants to be the number 10, the yes, number yes, 8, yes. and the number 4. Is the correct answer. Yeah, He's the okay. composite. Number 10, <laughs> 8 and 4. Really? I mean, I mean, great and interesting and funny and, and diverting. But 
Where do these thoughts come from? It's, They're fantastic. It's great. And I'm talking about their numbers. The England players were getting caps, did you see this week, with their legacy numbers on. You know, the, uh, and Beck, oh, Beckham like turned the... up and was given his. Um, turned up at the... Because uh, he, he was in Qatar. Although earlier in the week he was in, he was in Boston... Wasn't he, he was at, in Boston. Uh, at Wills's Green Save the Planet Awards. And you have to wonder yeah. how pleased the Qataris are with that little bit of moonlighting for the anti-oil lobby. <laughs> yes. Maybe yeah. they should be asking for a refund. But anyway, no, they were all... They were, they were, uh, this is from cricket, isn't it? Where they have a, yes, they it's, have it's, a number. It's, it's, yeah, uh, when, you, when you first got your cap, yeah, yeah, how many yeah. uh, what people there had been who, before. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 and yeah, the yeah, first yeah, yeah. goalkeeper was, is number one kind of thing. But yeah. it's from cricket where they actually wear caps. In yeah. the game. That's the big difference. They wear those yeah. caps in the game. Imagine yeah. if they took to the field wearing their legacy caps. How fucking hilarious that would be. Well, well except, except, of course, in a strange way, much more sensible to give them one cap when they get their first cap yes. uh, with that number on than keep giving then them caps for every game caps, they yeah. play. But then play, they still call is, them caps even if they didn't give them caps. Well, they? I don't see, I don't think they've worked that out. I think, well, yeah, but if we don't give them caps, how will we know how many games they've played? Because it's measured <laughs> in caps. And the only way of proving it would be to go to their house, ask them to show you the caps, counting them, and then you'd know. But without the actual caps, you couldn't do that. This is the that work this is the work of a of a pre computer age statistician, isn't it? I so think so. Go around so. go around and check the cap cabinets of various Yeah, and it's uh, and it's also <laughs> the work of a sort of a mechanicalist or somebody who believes that that, that that there's a limited amount of gold in the world and so therefore um every single bit of gold is 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 worked out in terms of, of the of the whole, if you see what I mean. So, yeah. you know, you have to have the physical thing to count the gold standard, the cap yes, yes, standard. Because yes. the money it. represents the, the, yeah, yes, the store. Yes, what, yeah. uh, what there is out there. Yeah, so yeah. Um, an, another story that I've been enjoying is the kit stain story. Have you heard about this? No. Do I want to so hear about this? <laughs> no, well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's for all the family. So, uh, <laughs> so we've heard a lot about sport washing. Well, the, uh, the, England, uh, the England players, apparently, I can't believe that this is true one or two they reuse any kit but they've been complaining it's been difficult to get um, stains out of their kit uh, oh. after the games okay so one I thought you didn't wash your kit after the game because you sold it mm. um, you know or gave it to charity or whatever blah 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 have they not and taken two, any apprentices along to do this well and yes and two <laughs> surely they don't wash their own kit but <laughs> it turns out that the theory and 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 the Qataris have been quick have been quick to jump on this theory is that they've been painting in the bits of grass um, that are getting worn during the game okay <laughs> so they're getting which is, green paint stains that they think but they're watching at the temperature for green grass stains y yeah, yeah which yeah. is brilliant in terms of the, the sport sport washing this is sport painting but also an, an idea so ridiculous that it was even used by Lewis Carroll in yeah. Alice Through the Looking Glass yeah. which is yeah. repainting flowers a different colour to, to make, which was thought to be the height of a ridiculous, you know, um, attempt to tamper with nature. But no, apparently that's the reason. Well, that is excellent. I mean, speaking of, uh, of kit issues, uh, there have been a few players uh, playing a long game, haven't they? Looking at that Steve Hodge story about his £7 million shirt yes. from 1986 yes. with Diego Maradona, thinking, you know, I could sort myself a nice little pension here, play my cards right. Yeah, yeah. Do you see that Cameron Devlin of Australia snagged Messi's shirt after the Argentina-Australia game, uh, which was yeah. Messi's 1,000th game, so there's a little bit of value to that. Oh, yeah. And he 
scored as well. Um, his first, I think, knockout World Cup goal, wasn't it, I think? Um, and even though Cameron Devlin himself, of hearts of the hats, um, yeah. was a non-playing substitute for the whole tournament. He hadn't played in the yeah. game. And he rather self-deprecatingly suggested that Messi would probably chuck his in the bin or leave it on the floor <laughs> rather than framing it or anything. <laughs> but he should think a bit more of himself than that. I mean, you know, even superstars have to clean their cars, don't they? Or yes, indeed, that's right. And, no, and, and to, be fair, uh, uh, to be fair, and Messi has already proved that he doesn't throw away the shirts of other teams. He uses them to clean the dressing room floor. Yeah. Um, if you saw the, the footage of him after the Mexico game, cleaning oh, right. the dressing room floor with the Mexico shirt. So the, really game. the only time he's going to end up with an, a clean opposition shirt is if he plays Japan. And they've already cleaned the dressing room. Yeah, exactly so. Exactly Did you see so. that uh, and, Thomas Partey yeah. at Arsenal and Ghana was accused of treason? for swapping shirts with Luis Suarez after the Uruguay Ghana game. Really? Yeah, because he's been dubbed the devil Suarez after his handball antics in, in 2010. Mm. And that would be the shirt with the real value, wouldn't it? The, uh, the, you think, do you think he went up to him and said, can I have your shirt, Luis? No, not that one. The one from you know the game in 2010. Can yeah. I have that one? That would be the one that you could, uh, you could sell on. But still. Yeah. Did yeah, you see, yeah, speaking of Uruguay, do you see oh, that their defender, Jose Jimenez, which is, was a comedy character in American television in the 60s, Jose Jimenez, but anyway, um, faces a 15-game ban for elbowing a FIFA official in the back of the head after they went out. And he said yes. it was an accident because he was trying to elbow the referee in the face and you only get a three-game <laughs> ban for that. <laughs> they didn't take it well, um, did they, Uruguay? Do you see Edison Cavani punch the VAR? The, not the, the, uh, the man, the, 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 the TV the, screen. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I mean, it was, of course, uh, made all the more pecan. One, by the fact they were playing Ghana, and two, by the fact that the South Korea game took so long to 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 sort of um, um, for anybody to know quite what the situation yeah, was going to be yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so they, they was like it was in you know they were in public in camera being watched gradually slipping out of the World Cup yes. and they didn't even have the compensation of being running around on the pitch and hopefully having a way of saving it they had to just stand Sad there, there and, and yeah. watch it happen or yeah. in Luis Suarez's case sit there and burst into tears his, into, that, was, in, that was his approach it's a different yeah. approach um, I just my, my 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 final thought on the England camp and kits, and this is actually my favourite. You know, obviously, very sad news about um, about uh, Raheem Sterling having to go home yeah, because yeah. you know something bad had happened at his house and and he'd been broken into or in, in this and he he felt he needed to go back and check on everything, mm. a bit like leaving the gas on, but um, yeah. slightly slightly more worrying. But anyway, uh, after the game. <laughs> Um, after the warm down and all of that stuff, um, <laughs> Jordan Henderson was seen wearing Raheem Sterling shorts. Okay, <laughs> this is after the Senegal, <laughs> the Senegal game. Now, to me, obviously, he's gone and he's had a shower. He's got to go back out to see his, his family, which is what he did. Yeah. And he saw, I need a pair of shorts, put his hand in the kit bag and put on a pair of shorts. Okay. But this, according to the Sun, was his tribute. To teammate Raheem Sterling. <laughs> I'm sorry, but who 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 pays tribute to somebody by wearing their shorts? It's a fantastic new thing. He never claimed it, incidentally. He I has not said I'm wearing them as a tribute. I don't know. Maybe maybe a, a, a Magic Mike fan. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, I I just I just loved it. I, I think, think it, it was a very yes. Well, it's interesting, claim. isn't it? Because yeah. you know the the Raheem Sterling uh, break-in is is of a piece with other. Um, break-ins of uh, where footballers have had their homes broken yeah, yeah. into when they're live on the television when they're yeah. you know when they're palpably yeah. somewhere else 
Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, Henderson saw Sterling heading off to the airport and thought, right, I'm having them shorts. I'm having them shorts. <laughs> well, and can I just say, you know, and I'm, you know me, um, I like to put a positive spin on everything. Yeah. You know, a lot of these break-ins are when, I mean, you've got a World Cup in this case, but often during European games when they know people are going to be yeah. away, you know, or even a domestic game that's a long, long way away. They could probably work out that the players weren't going to be there. And so for Oldham's players, if they do get relegated to the northern part of yeah. the National League, they're fewer burglaries. Fewer burglaries. Because they're, they're, not they're going to be near... Away. Yeah. They're going to be nearer to home and it's not going to be worth it. So you see, well, there's yeah. something positive. Also, they can't afford to have any anything good. That's any the, any good other, things in, the in, thing. in their house. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so so but those two things together, <laughs> cheaper insurance. That's did you see did you see that uh, Harry Maguire was mocked in the parliament in Ghana? Did you see that? Did. By an MP yeah. who called the vice president an economic Maguire. <laughs> who said there's a player like you yeah. in England called Maguire that is playing for Manchester yeah. United, Harry Maguire. He's a defender. He was tackling and throwing his body everywhere like he was the best defender in the world. Then yeah. Manchester United went and bought him. He became the biggest threat at the centre of Manchester United's defence, <laughs> tackling his own players and giving assists to opponents. I don't remember this. No. Giving assists to opponents. Even when the opponents failed to score, Maguire would score for them, which yeah. is harsh, you have it's to very, say. Very it's very harsh. It's very harsh. But I just thought, please, please let Rishi Sunak see this and think, hey, that's that's not a bad bit. That would that would help me. That would help me Let's relate to up. the Yeah, that would help me relate yeah, to, to the, the working yeah. class people. You know, I'm having that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I quite like the idea that now, you know, buoyed by this idea, um, that uh, Olivier, Olivier Giroud may well whisper into Harry Maguire's ear at a corner, you're just like the Ghanaian finance minister, mate, you are. <laughs> Fucking useless. Yeah, you're... The Ghanaian finance minister. I didn't do the French accent, you notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, good. Did you see another extraordinary story that, that caught my eye this week? World Cup story about the uh, from Turkey about the commentator who got sacked halfway through yes, a game. Yes, yes, which is for fantastic me, for mentioning Hakan. Uh, for Suga. mentioning Hakan Suga, yeah, because he was commentating on Canada against Morocco when Ziyech scored after four minutes, and he started, you know, innocently as you would in his position, talking about the quickest goals in World Cup history, and mentioned Hakan Sukur, who scored the fastest in 2002 in the third place playoff, and that was it, gone at half time, because apparently. Yeah. Sukur was at one time a great friend and ally of Erdogan, the, the leader of Turkey, yes. became an MP for his party, but then began criticising him on social media and refused to yeah. denounce a failed coup against him and essentially just became an unperson, like in 1984. He did. And, and fled to, to the US to and the became a, an Uber driver, uh, apparently. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. just mentioning him got the commentator the sack at half time. Well, and, and of course, the problem would be, of course, that Erdogan himself thinks he's a brilliant footballer, doesn't he? Does he? I don't you've Is he one of those? Oh, have you not seen uh, that? No, he, he no, quite no. often plays in charity games even now and had, you know, in the way that so many <laughs> um, large, uh, famous political uh, characters had played at a decent level uh, <laughs> in his youth. Um, but oh, you know, yes. anybody, can, anybody can claim that was one of the great joys yeah, of like being old. Angus Dean <laughs> could claim that. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and like you and me. Played <laughs> <laughs> at a decent level. Good heavens. Yeah, 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 nobody yeah. will know any difference now. Oh, no, but he, is, he, he did. Uh, just a few years ago, he was hanging out with uh, Gundogan, wasn't he, and Ozil, um, yeah. and got them into trouble in... In, uh, in Germany. In Germany, yeah. the end of Ozil's international career, I think, just yeah, yeah. because they, they refused to believe that any longer that he wanted Germany to win anymore. Did you see uh, yeah. the post-mortem? We, we, last week when we spoke, it was right after the German 
uh, Germany got eliminated. And yes. it got a little bit more complicated, didn't it, after that? I mean, for one thing, World Cup teams losing managers at the moment, like Rishi Sunak is losing to Tory MPs. Martinez has gone. Enrique went just a couple of hours ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but Hansi Flick staying on. And... Um, you know the post mortem uh, has been has has been dribbling. At least the German papers got to go first with catastrophe. Did you see that? That's that's the headline. <laughs> that's been, yeah, it's been waiting to happen, and they spell it with oh. a K as well in uh, in German. And one quote found comfort in the saying uh, "Nach dem Spiel ist vor dem Spiel," which sounds uh, it's German, so it sounds threatening. But what it means is after the game yeah. is before the game. So on to the next one is is basically what it is. It's typical, oh, right. okay. typical bloody we Germans. Move, we move on. Speaking Germans, yes, exactly. Yeah. But Germany being eliminated saved me from at least because uh, I'm going to lunch with my oh, nephew yes, are, yeah. and niece-in-law, if that's a thing, on the final day, and she's German and she's a lovely mm. girl. But uh, watching a German uh, Germany against anybody in a World Cup final, well, oh, but, but, that. but I mean, I mean, the Germans. I mean, they know now why 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 they were eliminated from the World Cup, don't they? Because Arsene Wenger has told them. Yeah. Did you see that? Arsene Wenger said, "Oh, he said basically said that um, that the teams who had made oh, yes, political yes, yes. gestures um, it had ruined their football." Yeah. And you think, really? I mean, it, it was just it was like not not just towing the FIFA party line. By the way, FIFA pay him now, and he is yeah. their representative. So much as having it sort of attached to his neck, and he was pulling it along like some <sighs> sort of world's strongest man challenge, you know? Can you get this ridiculous idea across the line in less than 40 seconds and drag it, he did, like, like Lord Hawhorn or Benedict <laughs> Arnold? Oh, easy. It was, <laughs> it was just terrible stuff. Well, yeah, it, ultimately, of course, Germany were knocked out because uh, of a ball being just over, you know, being over the line. And how do you like the irony of that, Manuel Neuer? You know, yeah. Sleep yeah, at well, night, Manuel Neuer, knowing that. And I, the other thing I really like from that evening, it is a week ago now, but Japan beat Spain with 17.7% possession, which is the lowest figure in World Cup history. Yes. Oh, yes, and can I just say, can I just say, and, and, and you know, I know it's a World Cup, but strictly speaking, it's all about me. And I did yeah. say, I did say, you know, probably too early that Spain didn't have the goals in them. Um, <laughs> but Spain didn't have the goals in them, and I'm having they, that they now. They didn't have the penalties in them, did they? Uh, oh, no, they certainly Those didn't. were some terrible and, penalties. And I, 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 I this week have started to think about this whole penalties thing a little bit more, because yeah. I've only just started watching them, as you know. And yeah, I just, I just right, wonder. Yeah. I just I wonder about the idea that that keepers are celebrated for guessing which way to go. Yeah. And yet, if it was in open play and someone had the ball 12 yards out and you guessed to go yes. another way yes. before they'd even hit it, you'd be castigated, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, you would. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. Do you remember the... Um, you didn't watch these. I know you didn't. The penalties from Italia 90. Because I, I met because we were staying in the same hotel and you went down and sat by the pool and waited for someone yes. to tell you what had happened. But um, Shilton's theory, Peter Shilton's theory... <clears throat> was that he would always uh, be able to uh, to save it if he dived as the ball was kicked, so he could see what he waited to see <laughs> yeah. which way it was going. And uh, all f uh, all four or five of the ones that they four they scored, I think, in nineteen ninety, all four of the ones he went the right way, but too late to get the, the penalties were too good. Yeah. But he went the right way by by waiting and watching. I mean, I think that, I think it's it is, isn't isn't it that something like. 42% now of the penalties in this tournament uh, haven't scored which is a, which is a huge 
a huge uh, percentage. I think the the Morocco yeah. Spain thing was only the second time in a penalty shootout that someone has scored nil, and yeah. and deserved to do it. I think Switzerland yeah, yeah. Switzerland got a nil uh, last time or the time before. But yeah. there are some there are some things about uh, penalty sh- because they're. they're <sighs> The, the stopping penalty that seems to be creeping yes. back in. I think this was outlawed, um, you know, years ago. I, I but John Aldridge, who, John Aldridge did it, didn't yeah. he? Years and years, years and years stop. ago. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now there's, a, there's, this, there's this other silly thing that, that Lewandowski did and Neymar did and Jorginho as well does it. Um, and, and for a while, Jorginho was thought to be the best penalty taker in the world, wasn't he? But then he started consistently messing it up, both I'd for Italy, like, and, yes. Italy and Chelsea. Yeah. Otherwise, he'd be in Qatar, wouldn't he, if he hadn't missed the penalty yeah. against North Macedonia. Yeah. But um, the one that, Lef- they say, the one that Lewandowski did, the thing that gets me about that is he run, he, he does a little jogging up and then a l- great big prance up into the air and before yes. coming down and striking the ball. And the keeper saved it. But it, yes. he had to take it again because the keeper had come off the line. But you can see why the keeper had come off the line. The keeper has yeah. been duped into thinking he's going to kick it's, the damn thing. It, it, and, it, and actually, no, he took it again and did the yeah. same thing again. And again, yeah. the keeper was way uh, in front of the line, but they didn't take it again, of course, because he'd scored. But yeah. I think I think this is... I think this is pretty much cheating. That's what I think. Yeah, I think I, I think it's so too. I mean, and it's very much the Ministry of Silly Walks uh, penalty take, yeah, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> or or some sort of um, minor but 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 uh, military obsessed nation's way of of marching, you, which you get sometimes. <laughs> uh, sort of like high stepping, uh, virtually dancing, yes. but much more masculine than that, obviously, yes. because a cutlass is attached yeah. to your ass. Well, yes, and spe- and moving to, to dancing, of course, has been a, a little bit of a hot topic this week with. Um, one of the yeah, yeah. one of the papers getting good old Len Goodman to mark the Brazilian goal celebrations. Do you see that yes. with his <laughs> yes. with his numbered paddles? <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Yeah. But if, if such a storm in a teacup, uh, Brazil's over fancy celebration of their yeah. four first half goals against South Korea, while their disconsolate opponents waited for them to finish so they could kick off. Roy Keane, of course, particularly wound up yes. with yes. his beard yes. that makes the bottom half of his face look so much bigger than the top half. I don't like this, he said on ITV Sport. People say it's their culture but I think that's really disrespecting the opposition it's four goals and they're doing it every time it's like watching Strictly I don't mind so much the first jig it's the one after that and the manager getting involved I'm not happy about it I don't think it's good at all and I think you know obviously this is this has come in for a lot of stick starting with the Brazilian coach uh, Tite or Tite or (laughs) to be disrespectful um, at his press conference um you have to learn how to do the moves, he said, and the moves are very tight, which might be his name. So he might be yeah. he might be yeah. the choreographer. But anyway, yeah. I have to be very careful, though. There are people who are evil who will say that was disrespectful. He said that Roy Keane was evil. Oh, he, surely he didn't know Roy Keane had said that, yes, did he? Yes, he did. Because Roy Keane is the was the was the voice, the voice that, of of opposition to this. I mean, you know, the rest of the the rest of TV, you see, won't criticize Brazil. We're supposed to, they're supposed to be but, the neutrals <coughs> fucking favorites. Yeah. And you you indulge anything they want to do. I mean, I think calling Roy Keane evil is really setting a pretty low bar. I mean, what about the bloke who cuts you up at the roundabout, what's he, like, super Satan? <laughs> yeah. What about Infantino? He's there. He's there well, in the same place, sat on yes. his own like Nobby Nomates, getting booed. But, 
Well, Luis Suarez is the devil. I was going to say Suarez, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. the Infantino, of course, has now become the 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 the, the short uh, the shortcut to knowing when a goal is scored early. Because if you score before they have a close up of Infantino yeah. on the big screen, <laughs> that's early, isn't yeah. it? Because he's, he's tending to be there after three minutes. He's still cross damaging. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of the the, the keen thing, what I loved was he said because uh, he said he said he, in a way to try and protect the Brazilians because he said, you see, the trouble is with some of this dancing and the showboating is mm. that somebody somebody is going to clatter them later on in the game and yeah. you're thinking the subtext is if I was there I would I fucking would have clatter the fuck out of them <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. he's saying yeah yeah well yeah, Roy yeah, copped yeah. it off Twitter as well uh, one bloke called him one of <laughs> one of the biggest pig's feet in football to which I thought ham hocks uh, but anyway, and he said <laughs> if he'd been born in Brazil, he would have played five or six seasons at most in the Brazilian first division. And he thought, yeah, before fucking off to the Premier League for the money like all the rest of them. <laughs> well, well, or anywhere for the money. But no, yeah. it's the, 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 the argument is that this is a spontaneous outpouring of joy. But it's, I think it's not spontaneous if you rehearse five to ten routines in training, which is what they said. It's a premeditated... Yeah. Uh, uh, diminishment, belittling of your opponents, I think. It's rubbing their faces yeah. in it. It's punching down. And I'm with yeah. Roy Keane and I can't stay. In fact, at the risk of being called one of the biggest pig's feet in podcasting, I'll go further. I can't stand fucking Brazil. Well, you are one of the biggest feet, uh, pig's feet in, in podcasting, and, and that, that's a fact. And, and you wear it well. You wear it with pride, I think. Um, listen, we're going to have to have we're going to have to have a break. Just a couple of things that I would like to uh, to to add. Um, uh, Croatia were the only uh, group runners-up that have made it into the uh, into the quarterfinals, so yeah. it's kind of going with form now after all of the shocks. Um, just just about Portugal, Switzerland. Both teams rolled the dice, and it shows it can either go well uh, or, or badly for you. But I want to say that when England scored six, the next game they scored naught. When Spain scored seven, the next game they scored one. So Portugal scoring six doesn't necessarily mean they're on their way, like Ron's twenty-two. Well, no, you know, but it, I do think it, that I do think there's a good chance of Cristiano, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo winning the Golden Flounce. because <laughs> yeah, you know, that, he's that, flounced that could, a couple that, of times, and unless Clive Tilsley comes back. To Qatar and flounces out again, then I think it's yeah. Ronaldo's for the well, taking. Well, well, Clive, Clive has gone to be replaced in many ways by Sam Matterface, and, mm. and, and I'm going to sign off this half with a reference to Sam Matterface. Um, you know, apart from all of the other very annoying things that people have been saying, <laughs> like total receptions and match day four, which was a phrase that came up the other uh. day, which really made me quite cross. Um, um, the ball was played out of play, and Sam Matterface used the phrase, it's gone beyond the perimeter of the playing surface. And yeah. that, I'm afraid, really made me want to go out of the room, which uh, is beyond, what I'm going to do now. Beyond the perimeter of your living room. Beyond the perimeter of the living of room. Of the surface of your living room. <laughs> and we will return shortly with a guest. Our guest today is the first name on the list. If you're going to the tournament that involves journalism, playwriting, pop stardom, television presenting, cricket and football. A former strike partner of both Anne Robinson and Sir Trevor MacDonald. He's a one-time Song for Europe finalist and two-time punk bum and petty hoodlum. Sorry, I, I don't know where that came from. It's just the one time and then the two time and it came straight out. He's a Charlton fan, an all-round good egg, and he joins us from foreign climes. He's Johnny Maitland and the bugger is in Qatar. Oh, how annoying is that? And how brilliant, Johnny. 
Well, how annoying. How annoying is it that you've told everybody about my song for Europe, Humiliation? <laughs> yes. Mean, well, I, I said to your producer, my handle is, as Chris knows, broadcaster and playwright, or in fact, playwriter and broadcaster. But, uh, of course, you've even gone straight in with my my appalling uh, humiliation when my yeah, well, uh, the, the whole back. the whole project is about bringing guests on and belittling them and you should know that's that that's right and, and you've and, been listening and, to it yeah and, and and so johnny so there'll be a link to that song um on the website <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of this at the end of this program. so first of all just just tell us when you got out there and 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 where and, and when you're staying till and 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 for what Presumably for the World Cup. Well, yes, well, yes, like the um, the bloke on the far side. This week, I have been mainly watching World Cup matches. And yep. um, I was lucky because I landed last Friday, went straight in with Holland, uh, USA on the Saturday, England, Senegal on the Sunday, Japan, Croatia on the Monday. And uh, would you believe it, the, the best of the lot, Spain, Morocco. I mean, yeah. I, yes, <laughs> I have not experienced anything like it i mean i'm i'm welling up just thinking about it and it's uh, anyway and i'm here for another couple of weeks depending on you know what right um on how deep we go in the tournament and i've got a couple of games left which is holland argentina and the non-england semi-final but if i can get a ticket for saturday which I'm, i should be able to um and we win then i'll stay on for the semi and, and hopefully the final are there towns then are there towns selling tickets there well, that's very interesting. And with my, my, my journalism hat on, I've been, I knew you'd ask me that. Um, interestingly, touting is massively reduced. And the reason is it's gone completely digital. So what happens is you get a FIFA app and your tickets download. Now, that's great because most of them are non-transferable. And if you try to sell them, it's very difficult. You still can, in theory, buy them on secondary ticketing websites, but it's hard but it's massively reduced. The problem being, it's heart attacksville, Arizona. I'm in the queue for Spain, Morocco, with Clarksy, my mate, and his two little boys, who are great, who are mascots, by the way, at the England-Senegal game, and one of them, shoulders massaged by... Well, let's come, the, let's come the, back the, to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, so, ticket-wise. Um, so, so, um, so I'm in the queue, and it's a long queue, and it's about 35 minutes we're in it. And then... Nick Clarks is saying, well, my tickets have come, yours haven't. And, and basically, was saying your ticket is not downloading. With about two minutes to go, the ticket downloaded, thanks to Bluetooth. If it hadn't, they wouldn't have let me in. Yeah. So did it only but, download when you got right up to the entrance yeah. then? Is that yeah. just the range of the Bluetooth there? Or is um, I mean, generally, it, it's just you're never quite sure. I mean, on day one, a lot of people's tickets didn't download at all. They just yeah. vanished. That was teething problems but let's say you run out of juice or you drop your mobile or it gets nicked you run out of battery juice you are stuck hmm. yeah. well fair stuffed. enough if your tickets get nicked you know you're in the same boat aren't you? i mean I, I remember going to previous world cups 20 years ago when they were when they were paper when they weren't digital and and there was supposed to be non-transferable and they were supposed to <laughs> yeah. be this i remember going as a member of the seychelles football association to one game <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Yes, I mean, there's always a lot. I think one of the first the, 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 the first bars of stopping touting, and this is many years ago when, when indeed, Chris and I have been at World Cups, was just to pretend that you wouldn't get in if you turned up with someone else's yeah, ticket yeah, yeah. because they just practically couldn't couldn't do the checking and the idea that you were meant to bring a passport and all of that. But from what I know you've you've not been there long, uh, Johnny, but um, from what I've read, they, they, I mean, they, they virtually have a separate area for people with ticketing problems because they know that they've got ticketing problems. Well, yes, this chap uh, who is also staying at Clark's, he's with me, Steph, who's an ex-Al Jazeera journalist, very nice chap, uh, came with us to see England Senegal, and he went to the ticket resolution desk, which right. is fine. Okay. But guess what? There was um, several families in front of him. Uh, time was ticking away, and these families were there because they wanted to sit next to each other. Oh, and by God. the time that was resolved, we were 42 minutes into the match. Now, if you remember England Senegal, actually nothing happened for forty-two minutes, and he got in just in time to see the goal. So it's great. But I was, I was thinking actually, Chris, and of course you were in Chris's play as well, and even with Gary Lineker and Nick. I was thinking this has the makings of a very good play. Like you're stuck outside with no Bluetooth, and you, <laughs> yeah. you finally get in just as Harry Maguire is putting a penalty into Rose Z. You know. Well, I. I, I'm thinking. Well, I mean, if you're talking about uh, about dramatic tension, I'm thinking. You know, if you've been already been out there for the first three games, and you still want to sit with your own family, what sort of a family is that? What an amazing story! That's. I mean, really, that that works for me. The whole thing is interesting now. So the um, uh, England Senegal game. That was a. Hmm. You enjoyed that game. You, you, yes, you, yes. Did you leave your friend outside with with the, in the queue <laughs> and go in, or were you waiting I, as well? I, it was very much like we were sitting separately anywhere, and I said I was very quick to say, "See you later." I hope it's like every man, for, every man for himself. The, the, yeah. the spirit of Sir Philip Sidney. Yeah. Yes, yes very much so. It's, so not, it's very much not the Marines, is it? You never leave someone behind. No, no, it was fine. I, I left him to die in, in a foreign, <laughs> foreign <laughs> tickets resolution area. Is that near the uh, flag and uh, banner checking area, which seemed, which I saw a picture of with a, with a great um, you know snake long snaking queue to pre prepared for people so that they had to show all their flags and banners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, quite near there. I mean, I mean, the thing is, I got a, I got a good seat, and and it was, it was. I mean, I was, I was sitting in front of uh, an, a Northern Irish chap with his English girlfriend who are teachers out here. A Sri, initially a Sri Lankan and an Indian guy, which then changed to an Argentinian and a Dutch guy. And there were quite a few empty seats around me. And I knew you'd ask me this, so I counted for you. I counted them out, counted them in. There's about, in our row of 20, about four or five empty seats. And the first So how you... many empty seats were there? No, you were I'm right about me asking you that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly a few hundred. And yeah. I tried counting, but my eyes aren't that good. Um, I thought the game, I really enjoyed it. I was really nervous. Um, nothing much was happening really for 38, 40 minutes and obviously yes. just incredibly nervous. And then suddenly right in front of us, that, that incredible goal that Jordan scored and then the wonderful, and you've probably been talking about this, but I only saw the celebration later, the stationary headbutt. Yes, which, yeah. which is, is, is almost nothing compared to what the Brazilians have been doing. I know, yeah. but it, it, do you remember the Gumbies, those Monty Python characters? Yeah. Yes. With, um, <laughs> the with hankies on the head, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought 
Jordan was doing quite a good impression of a Gumby, you know, like yeah. Ford, Judy Jordan. And, and Jude, I was reading Jude's um, take on it, and he said, I thought, what's going on here? And I thought, I'd go with it. But I, and then he said, I'll strengthen my core muscles. Did yeah. you read that? Yeah. He said he strengthened his core muscles and just went with it. And I thought, what fantastic trust. And, well, and a- I, do you know, I was thinking exactly the same thing. It's like a Ponzi actor's trust thing. Because if he didn't know what was going to happen, to think, Jordan won't do it, he won't do it. And so, to hold your ground while yeah. Jordan Henderson is effectively <laughs> about to headbutt you. Well, no wonder he's number 22. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one way of yeah. Jordan Henderson getting getting the uh, the berth in midfield for the next game, isn't it? Just to just a nub yeah. Jude Bellingham out of contention. I feel bad actually because I was going around saying to whoever would listen in that kind of stupid, idiotic armchair critic way. If, if That's just Jordan what we do. Henderson, <laughs> when, when he came on after um, the American game, I said, "If Jordan Henderson is the answer, what's the question?" And then, having seen the highlights back quite a few times now. Yeah. What, what, would make the, what would make the England, what make England better? better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was watching the England-Senegal game at a friend's 60th birthday, being the venerable age that, I, that we are, um, which was obviously arranged before the fixtures played out, and we got a jokey message beforehand, uh, email saying, for all you Senegalese supporters, yes, there will be a television. And I thought, ha, ha, ha. And then I went along, and all, of course all Tom's in-laws were there, and they'd all come down, they were Scottish, they'd all come down from Scotland, and they were all supporting Senegal. There was a lot of a lot of Senegal supporters at Tom's six year. And once it started to go bad for them, uh, they started ignoring the game. And I ended up having to watch the game with the sound off over the heads of what was effectively a, like a karaoke hen party with lots of group singing of summer loving and nine to five and things like that. Which is interesting and quite good fun, obviously. But uh, not yeah, yeah. not how I've watched all the other games. Not quite yeah. as analytical uh, an environment. <laughs> can, can I just ask you, Johnny, that um, just given the, the the size of the country and the scale of the tournament, my word, it nearly sounds like the beginning of a proper question. But uh, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've been to a few World Cups, been lucky enough to go to a few World Cups, and I've been to ones where you reach a country and you can't move for the fact it's a World Cup. Mm. Certainly, certainly, you know, uh, Italy was like uh, that, yeah, uh, and France was quite like that too. You yeah. know, you you arrive at any given airport, any given railway station, any given bar, and it is, you know, and, and indeed football grounds. But I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. It, it's part of the everyday. Also, in Japan, for instance, you you could virtually have gone. Without knowing there, there was a World Cup, apart from for, apart from in the uh, in the because a, a lot of the travel around Japan was uh, internal flights, wasn't it? And the airports were just a wall to wall football people. Ron Atkinson having doing keepy uppies in the check in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But if you went into restaurants, bars, etc., you know, there wasn't a real sense that. That everything had stopped for the World Cup. That this, now, is, a, I imagine... that this is a football country, and so you know. Yeah, yeah. So, no, given that Qatar isn't, I mean, it actually, is, it's a combination of the two. It's not necessarily a football country, but it is a tiny place. Is it? Does it feel like every sinew, every person, every conversation, every um, you know financial transaction is somehow informed by the World Cup? Well, I think it depends where you are. If you're in the souk, which is kind of like a massive shopping centre, but it's kind of Arab Qatari style. So it's 
it's uh, it's it's i like walking around the spice market that's perfect for me <laughs> yes <laughs> it's the size of i don't know it's the size of yeah have you been to westfield shopping center or on traffic shopping center it's pretty massive that was absolutely rammed you could not move for fans and there's you know you have the conversation i had one with a moroccan bloke and he was showing me pictures of the manager and we were you know trying to converse in, in the way that uh, people who love football but don't speak each other's languages only can um and, and everywhere you go you see the iconography of the world cup there's no doubt about that every building is lit up with it the stuff in the sky there's signs but um i really don't think it's the same as italy i mean it's you can't create you can't you guys must know this you can't turn a an Arab country, which previously wasn't that interested in football and doesn't have a long tradition of it, into a football mad country overnight. Now, there are quite a few locals, Qataris, going to matches, but, but not massively. But, um, of course, you know, in Italy, when, when they just you know, ate, slept and, and breathed it for the last hundred years, it's going to just suffuse everything. So there will be a lot of, uh, I mean, there are places you go to where it's absolutely round. I mean, later on, I'm going to Stoke's second most famous person, uh, Robbie Williams, that is. Uh, he's, playing, he's playing a gig tonight. In, in Surely the, he's uh, third, isn't he? Uh, this is yeah, you've got Arnold Bennett, Stanley Matthews. Stanley Matthews. <laughs> uh, Any, anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah. Who was the first? Arnold Bennett. Clayhanger. Arnold Bennett? Is that omelette Arnold Bennett? Yes, it is. It's a very same. Anyway, I feel we may be moving away from football here. <laughs> well, it's going to be very different, isn't it, next time? Because it's going to be like the polar opposite of, of doing it in, a, in virtually like one extended city to, to doing it in a whole continent. That's going to be... Yes. I mean, the advantage, supposedly, of having it here in Qatar was that you could go to two or three games in one day. However, I mean, you, you know, I've had quite a bit of time on my hands out here. And, and on Saturday, there's a game, there's a quarterfinal at six and a quarterfinal at ten. Now, I had tickets for the six o'clock game. And in theory, which was which is, um, Morocco-Portugal, which I would love to go to, having seen Morocco and indeed Portugal on the telly. But I've done the maths and it really isn't. That feasible, feasible no. or advisable to try and go to two games in the same day, one to six and one to ten. However, if you know the next tournament, obviously in four years' time, that, that decision will be taken out of your hands because yeah, 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 you'll be in Canada. And you'll I remember just I've read an article by someone who tried to do uh, in the group stages, tried to do four games in a day, oh, and, the they only, and they yeah. only managed to achieve that by leaving Argentina, Saudi Arabia at half time. When Argentina were one nil, yeah, oh dear, you see. <laughs> and so you know he's fucked himself there, but still. Well, I think I think if you're my um, my uh, uh, my good friend David Dean, I sound like something out of the Far Show, but David <laughs> Dean, who's a who's a mate of mine, and and yes, I have asked him for tickets for the quarterfinal, and he's a lovely, lovely bloke. He has, guess how many matches he's seen. Uh, well, it's either going to be one Three. or twenty. <laughs> 45. Holy <laughs> <No>. moly. <laughs> now, I haven't asked him, but knowing David, who, he's a great bloke, and, and, and you know, he, he, he even you two pale into the shade when it comes to his football fanaticism. I think he's <laughs> probably got a FIFA driver or a local driver, and they've got kind of special lanes for people, uh, the VIPs, you just go yeah. from one match to the next. Yeah, so or motorbike go- things, yeah. Unless you're him, forget it. You know, if you're an ordinary fan, you know, you, back in the group stages, you could have seen two 
day, but not yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me ask you, as a, a man who is still slightly stuck in, in the 80s and 90s of, of international football, um, I kind of thought because of the lack of alcohol and because of the supposed lack of crime and because of the proximity of the stadiums one to another, that the, and this is a phrase that uh, it sounds like a few phrase, the egress from the grounds would be easier. Because I was, one of the things I used to hate about international football was, no matter how brilliant the game was, by the time you'd actually got out of the ground and on your way back to the hotel, you felt like you died a thousand deaths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it was just impossible. Yeah. Yes, our scrumpy old men, you know, getting there was fairly bad, but I, I, I had a nightmare after uh, Japan, Croatia. Um, first of all, it took three miles to get to the metro because for some reason we were diverted because we came out on the wrong side of the ground. That was bad, and, bad enough. And being a kind of middle-aged man, I was wearing Birkenstock sandals, so that was even worse. Um, and then suddenly I'm in this queue, which takes about an hour, but the worst thing was, and they're trying to be so helpful, they are so nice, the... The people who've been um, employed by the Qataris to help you. I mean, every 200 yards, there's someone saying this way, and then suddenly you're trapped. And there's this woman with with a loud hailer, and it was it, it, it just oh my god, it drove me mad because she was singing a song about where the metro was, and she goes, <laughs> and it's this, okay, it's this. She goes continuously, ole 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 ole, metro this way. <laughs> And after about the 70th time, I went, I think we know that. <laughs> and then, of course, it didn't travel well. Got a few oh, dirty. You, uh, should, you, should, you, you shouldn't have put it out there because, you know, if you if eventually there, you, you die and you go to the afterlife and you are sent to hell, you know that now your own personal hell will be somebody <laughs> just standing yes. there going, Ole, 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 ole. Hell is and is <laughs> And I gather that apparently the Metro lady uh, finished ahead of you in the Song for Europe final. <laughs> Even though she was from Qatar. <laughs> well, which which enables me, Chris, to say that the band, my covers band, Surf and Turf, split up because of musical differences. They were musical and I was different. Ah. Sorry, um, how many of you were there? <laughs> there was me, Matt Allwright. You know Matt Allwright, who, who's on the yes. one show and does yeah, yeah. fantastic. What are we talking about now? The band or the or yeah, how yeah. many went to the game? No, no. <laughs> the band, okay. No, you, Matt Allwright. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jackie, who was yeah. a cameraman of a cameraman friend of ours, is girlfriend. No musician so far then, yeah. God, no. three. He's from Scotland. Four. Drama used to be in a band called Rialto. Who were Five. And rocking Bob, my mortgage advisor, who's a brilliant <laughs> R&B um, yeah. guitarist, and um, we were we were good at wedding. You know, we were good. Does the B stand for Bob? <laughs> I've, 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 I've no doubt. Was there, was there any at any stage? And you know, obviously, you probably being rock and roll, you won't remember a lot of it. But was there any stage <laughs> when you tried to establish of the six of you who was surf and who was turf? <laughs> Why don't you ask me about my plays instead of humiliating me? <laughs> no, no, but back to the song for Europe. I'm guessing that yeah. Johnny was turf. 
That's what I'm thinking. I've, I've, I've seen Johnny so much, spent so much more of my life with Johnny uh, together with turf than I have with yeah. anything, any other surface, I think. Yes, because yeah. we played cricket together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Johnny, um, I'm, I obviously, I hope uh, England progress. Um, um, only just, well, I don't know whether, I, well, yes, of course I do, but uh, but I won't be too heartbroken if they if they don't because I, I just... And what about, anyway. uh, what about the Oldham going down thing? You are you where do you stand on that? I mean, yeah, is there stuff on similar indifference or you know? No, no, that that bothers me. It bothers it bothers me. What are you feeling, guys, about about Saturday? Uh, Well, a lot of the press here has been about uh, whether Kyle Walker can keep up with Kylie and Mbappe. uh, Kylie and Mbappe, the two of them. Yeah, Yeah. this is how they this is how they're going to bamboozle him. They're going to go either side of him. But (laughs) and he's played him before. As in Walker and Mbappe have played before in uh, in Paris Saint Germain Man City games. I say that Morocco Spain game. I was enchanted to see Tiki Taka being played in the Manchester City kit and coming unstuck. That was that yeah. was a bonus thing for me, but um, no, a lot of the press here has been uh, Mbappe and Walker, and Mbappe yeah. was quoted as uh, he was asked who are because pace is is his is one of his things apart from you know skill also, but pace. Yeah. Uh, he was asked Youth, who are the fastest ability, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> talent, yeah, all of that. Um, uh, but he was asked who were the fastest players he'd played with or against. And he and he mentioned three. Uh, Aubameyang was one. But I think he mentioned Walker almost as a PS, saying that he doesn't start off quickly, but once he's moving, he's like a tank. And that just made me think That's he, knows how to, he knows how to play <laughs> Kyle Walker, start him off running, and he oh, won't be no. able to stop. Let's not lose it. Well, I... It's this thing, I remember, you know, that it's kind of, it's this thing of knowing the danger in advance, like it was with Diego in 1986. Um, there have been a couple since. And, and it's kind of knowing what you're going to come up against, knowing that they're going to be brilliant and probably score. And then you're seeing your worst fears realised. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm worried is going to happen. But if, if he takes the brakes off and we play as we can, then... Anything is possible, isn't it? I, I, I think you're right. I have to say, you know, as, a, as an England fan of long standing as you are, it, 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 it isn't just knowing the danger and then watching it unfold. It's the many brilliant, unique, and different ways we find different things to <laughs> <laughs> surprise us. And, you know, and also, uh, you know, um, and then doing brilliantly in the games we're fairly convinced we're going to get thumped in and doing really badly in the games that's going to be all right. Fi- a final word, and, w- and we'd love to speak to you again, uh, Johnny, if you're still out there. The final word, love- if I'm going to say final word on Saturday, it depends on which teams turn up, you know? Cardiff can be good on their day Stoke well with your performance so that's a big game Saturday afternoon Stoke v Cardiff bet 365 I know it's the one everybody's bothered about um, you'll presume be able to get it out there on television Johnny and I imagine there'll be a lot of people in the pubs and clubs maybe not your friend Robbie Williams but there'll be people out there and, <laughs> I don't and, think Arnold um, Bennett is going to be there either so. no Arnold Bennett won't be well you can't get the eggs so you can't get the eggs in the haddock that's the trouble for his omelette <laughs> Jonathan thank you very very much chum Pleasure, chaps. And um, if I'm still out here next week and you want to chat again, then, I mean, let's hope I am still out here next week so we can chat again because yeah, it'll yeah. Well, we, 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 Look, if I can say, if you're still out there next week, we'll definitely chat with you unless we can find a Eurovision winner, uh, in which case <laughs> I'm afraid you might get bumped off. 
I think we might we might have one of the waves, one of Katrina and the waves. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they kept it plural. <laughs> You're a star, Johnny. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.